Welcome to the Didi and Latal Show. Advice, thoughts, and stories from a married couple on cybersecurity, technology, and life in general. Now here are your hosts, Didi and Latal. Hello, and welcome to the Didi and Lital Show. This is Lital. Hi, Didi. Hey. It's, not awesome. It's, not awesome. No. Uh, it is Friday, October 13, um, almost a week after terrible news um, broken from Israel. And we are recording this and releasing this episode today uh, to help everyone trying to comprehend what was going on, mostly speaking to all our non-Israeli friends, uh, those that are allies, supporters, those that work with Israelis, those that are, uh, buy software from Israeli companies, those that have Israeli friends, relatives, uh, people they know, and people they did business years ago, um, trying to kind of like help them understand what is going on and mostly giving advice of how to speak with Israelis today, how to support, how to reach out, uh, and trying to uh, give a little sense with a very unbelievable situation, I think, uh, that is hard for all of us to comprehend. So maybe before we start, we give a little bit of uh, I, I think thing of, I, I want to start by saying, first, we got hundreds if not thousands of uh messages from people that we are connected to in our networks i got messages from people that have been in touch years ago when i worked in png um so first i want to say our families are safe um we have our closest families in tel aviv um and um they're safe um all of us know people that were impacted by the horrific actions that happened last Saturday. Um, all of us know people that are now being drafted to reserve forces, uh, to reserve duty. Um, so thanks for reaching out first. We care a lot and we're thankful for everybody that cares. Um, I'll let you speak for a second. Uh, so, second. so, one of the things I do want to also help is help some of our Israeli friends, educate them a little bit of also when somebody tries to reach out to them, a little bit how to communicate back. Because I think uh, we as sabres, this is the, the, the part. Sabra, yes. Exactly. We are prickly. And, and we are, are angry now. And we are very angry now. And people need, the Israeli guys also on their side, need to understand the education that happened over the last three decades. And sometimes when people say something, they don't understand the magnitude of what they actually said. Yeah. Uh, you could see by the headmaster of uh, the Newton Middle School that basically sent out something that was incorrect. You <laughs> lashed out at him and he called back to apologize and try to learn. But I think one of our r biggest responsibilities is that education. Yeah, because right now we have a voice and I think it's important for us to use that voice and educate both sides of the equation and understand that people uh, that are our friends and are reaching out to us, they might not know what we're going through. Yeah. So it's important for us to share 
our emotions in a clear, clear way. And that will help others understand how to communicate with us without rubbing us the wrong way because a lot of people are trying to reach out and trying to do the right thing. So assume good intent from the other side. Yes. And, tr and use this opportunity to educate because if, we, if you let go of that opportunity to, edu to educate, you're not helping with the biggest problem, which is something we're going to tackle in the next podcast, which is ignorance. Because ignorance is the, is the true root, root of all evil, at least in my mind. So I'd like to start uh, by trying to explain the situation and the mindset that people in Israel are in at the moment. Um, so for everyone that would like to reach out, and I do want to start by saying, if you know somebody in Israel or you have Jewish friends in the U.S., reach out now and just check friendly check-in say we care how you doing uh, this is because of a few uh, very important reasons Israel is a small country 10 million people in an area that is about the size of state of New Jersey maybe even a little bit smaller everybody knows each other it's a tight community um, with a lot of friendships and business um, friendships and family ties. And it's closely tied to also the Jewish community in the diaspora. A lot of uh, Jewish people in the U.S. And, and Europe have close families and friends and are regularly visiting Israel. So when a horrifying event in the magnitude of more than thousands killed, 1,300 at the moment, and unfortunately might be more than that, most of them civilians, uh, when more than 2,000 people injured, many of them are, are severely injured, when in a situation when about 150 hostages, among them kids, babies, elderly, Holocaust survivors, full families, kids without their parents. Um, many of them are citizens of other countries, dual citizens, US citizens, uh, British citizens are among the hostages. In this situation, first, everybody knows somebody that is has been impacted, that lost their homes, um, that have somebody uh, uh, now trying to defend the country. So reaching out and asking if they're okay or they need a support is the most human thing to do because everyone is impacted. There is no single person in a country of 10 million people that was not impacted by the magnitude of those things. But furthermore, I wanna say there is something deep and emotional about what happened. And I've been in the U.S., uh, I've been in New York after 9-11, and that's the only event that I could, that I felt has the same magnitude and maybe even worse. The scenes that we have seen 
unfortunately, many of us exposed to on social media because this thing was going on in, in real time and broadcast it to the world. We, I felt when I saw those things, and some of them I saw in real time on Saturday when it was broadcasted to the world. Those are the type of horrifying stories that I heard from my grandmother, which was a Holocaust survivor. She was five years old when she I think this experienced is that. And, and we, all of us as a nation, are traumatized by stories from 80 years ago, 75 years ago, and we relieve them. And now we understand the magnitude, and I think the world understands it. So we need to know that the world sees and understands it. And I'll let you this comment is, on that. This is the most important element that I think people don't understand about the, the magnitude. You compare it to 9-11, I can't compare it. I think it's, now that, uh, would, as traumatizing as 9-11 was, one of, one of the core essence of the Jewish state is the definition of never again. Correct. We grew up saying never again. We have a we, nation so that we can defend ourselves. It's, against... not, it's not only that. In our own narrative, in our own stories, in our own core of our identity, all of us said we will not be allowed, we will not go as lambs to slaughter. This is why the IDF is there, and this is what the story that we tell ourselves. All of us thought that if we encounter something similar as the Nazis, and, and by the way, this is an important element to remember when I say about the Nazis because when I see swastikas flying in Cambridge, this is how oh, yeah. I, I, we're going to talk about this a little bit later in the podcast, but people need to understand why we so overreact right now because that never again men mentality. This is us being slaughtered by the Nazis all over again and us also capitulating because this is the main real problem with this whole element which is we are seeing images of Jews handcuffed taking to be shot in the head like the it's exactly like the films that came out of the Holocaust so for us it makes us dis have a fracture in our identity that no we, we could have been Holocaust victims as well and understand that we are not as strong as we think we are and that never again narrative has failed us and that's uh, an emotional gap that most Israelis and also a lot of Jews and this is something that uh, uh, when I wanted to talk a little bit about educating people the Israelis as they talk to people they need to understand that there's been a fracture and a divide between the American Jewish diaspora and the Israelis for a very long time for, very for, long time. for a very long time uh, Lital, the first time she parked outside uh, school in Newton, some Jewish lady went and yelled at her, you Israeli occupy everything. So Americans have been dealing with this duality. They don't know what's the difference between an American and Israeli. Right now, for better or for worse, the American Jews have woken up to discover that nobody is safe. If this is not, the Palestinians are not against the Israelis and they love the Jews. The, this is that there's still bodies out there in the world that want to kill every single Jew. 
And it's not a bunch of ignorance in the South. Actually, those ignorance in the South are closer to us than, than some of the liberals that live next to them. So this is something that they need. This is something that... They are not freedom fighters. Exactly. They are not they are terrorists. The, the, and, and it's they the want same as Al-Qaeda and ISIS. And exactly. it's not just a risk for Jews. It's a risk for, for the everybody. whole Western but, democratic world. But, but I'm talking but, about the, the emotional crack. This is something that when you speak to, to people, you need to understand that we don't feel safe in our identity anymore. And we, d we, we felt, we believed, there is a core belief, if you're an Israeli, that the Israel Defense Force will come and save you. Come and, save you. and they didn't. For 10 hours, people were hiding in the basements, their homes, and many of them were slaughtered and some of them were taken hostage. And unfortunately, there is a huge crackdown with our belief in what the IDF can do and how the state of Israel defended its citizens. And functions, or lack thereof. And that will be fixed. And citizens in Israel are rising up to, and the IDF will prevail. And there is a state of Israel. We are not in the Holocaust. We are not at the same place. But whomever wants to understand the situation needs to understand that the big trauma beyond everything we've seen, the slaughter, the, 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 the unbelievable uh, uh, brutality, beyond that, the core shattering of your belief. And it is very similar to what all of us feel. You, you wake up in the morning, you go, your kid goes to school, you, you have this certain safety. And I think uh, our kids in school talk a lot about safety, and I think schools don't explain to them what it is. If somebody tells you something nasty, are you, and they are being taught to say, I'm not feeling safe. No, they're safe. Nothing is happening. But there is something core about safety, about knowing that, you know, you'll wake up in the morning in your bed, you'll go to work, you'll come back, your family's with you, and those daily lives that we have, if this is shattered, um, it's very hard for people to keep on going. And I think there is a nation there that is now under this big question mark of how could this happen when we believe that we have one of the strongest army in the world and uh, uh, all this narrative that seemed to be false. So we'll fix that and there is something and there is a lot to talk about hubris and about those things and, and we're talking about a lot of false ne negatives and ne narratives uh but i just want people to comprehend that that people how are exposed going... the nerve is how exposed the nerve is yeah and i think one of the things that we need to tell people and this is because I, 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 i do want us to kind of come back to what how to guide our american friends Yeah, of what to say. Yeah, before that, I want to say something very practical yeah. uh, beyond the big narrative and, and those things. Uh, the practical lives in Israel at the moment. And it's important for you to know if you are working with an Israeli company, if you are a customer of Israeli companies, um, so that you think uh, how to act. Uh, if you are VC investing in Israeli companies and so on. So uh, the reality is that about 400,000 reserve duty soldiers were called in 
that's a major percentage of the workforce in Israel, both female and, and male, mostly men though. Um, so many companies now have a reduced workforce. We'll come to that in a second. Um, many women now have the husbands um, are in reserve duty and need to you know, take care of the kids. Kids are out of school. Um, there is no school going on in Israel. So families work from home now and need to deal. They're talking about bringing back Zoom remote learning. Uh, it didn't happen this week yet and maybe going on it will. But remember how working with kids on Zoom in the pandemic was and how effective it is. It means that parents are very occupied with all the worries, with everything else. Now also we're dealing with the day to day of not having a spouse in, of needing to take care of kids on Zoom. Parents needs to care about kids not getting exposed to everything that is going on on social media um, and fighting the kids for not being spending time on TV and getting this trauma going on. So it is hard for Israeli employees to focus on what they're doing. Having said that, and I talked with my team in Tel Aviv, I talked with other teams, with other companies. Everybody is committed to not let the ball drop. So businesses um, have readjusted. Um, I can tell you teams are kind of like seeing who is in, who's not readjusting. If, if half of the team is gone, we're kind of like rebuilding teams um, to make sure that the ball is not dropped. Most people are super happy to work it's a destruction. Yes, it's hard. And they also volunteer in the same time and donating stuff and helping uh, uh, people that lost homes, but also they're very happy because work is something that is a destruction. So if you are a customer or, or a VC or anyone in business ties with Israeli based companies, first ask how you can help. If you are the American teams of the Israeli teams, ask if you can take some burden if you are a customer expecting a certain roadmap to be delivered to you, I'm not saying give a slack, but be under, understand the situation. I can tell you that all Israeli companies are determined to keep business as usual, are overcommitted to make things work. So don't worry about closing a deal with an Israeli company. They will deliver. I can assure you they will. M more than anything, they understand that keeping the business going, bringing dollars to Israel is the most important thing right now, other than fighting the evil that we have against us. I'll let you add. Um, I, I want to I, I start with practical tips rather than big statements. Yeah. So first, as I said, educating. Um, so a lot of people reached out to me and said, we hope for, for peace to happen quickly here. And this is where I need to step back and explain because of the horrors that we described before. You need to understand that saying, hey, I, I really want this th situation to resolve itself quickly is equivalent to, to calling out in September 12th and say, yeah, yeah, we want the war on terror to, to not happen. Or to come back December 8th, 41 and say to Roosevelt, you know what? Let's leave the Japanese alone uh, and le let's hope to have quick peace with Japan. We need to understand right now that, and, and this is a, a message that I'll repeat over and over and over again. 
kids were bombed in Dresden. Dropping the second nuclear bomb was really bad. But nobody speaks out right now towards how the Japanese were impacted or how the Germans were impacted or the fact of thinking of t- taking a step back. This is why President Biden was so adamant about the fact that the war on terror is so important is because two peoples were really hurt by this. Both the Palestinian and the Jewish people were really hurt by this because there, there, there is no chance of no retribution. You cannot ask any people to not have retribution in this case. I, I don't think it's, it's human or moral. You can't say that. So when you, if you are trying to say something to an Israeli and tell him, hey, uh, let's de-escalate quickly, be aware that you sound like President Trump saying there were good people in Charlottesville on both sides. So this is how you sound like. So if you don't want to sound like that. And I'm sure most progressives don't want to sound like that. Most progressives don't want to sound and like that. And they're not, just not aware of what they're saying and how it sounds like. Exactly. So it's, you can believe in your core and your heart of hearts, whatever you want. But think of the fact that if you just express empathy, it's very powerful. I got a message from a, a lady that works on our HR part and basically she said my hearts and minds are always with a team this has a lot of impact it's really it, it's kindness no you know need you don't need to say more so yeah. if you don't know what to say sometimes just be kind to the individual think of the individual and that the individual is in pain you don't need to make political statements you don't need to make outrage statements if you address an individual, talk at the individual level, trust me, it will go a long way than making bigger, bolder statements. If you put those boilerplate statements that many organizations put for many years about escalation of the Israeli-Palestinian violence or something like that, it's not going to fly. Just don't use anything from the past because... It's not going to work. The, the, the reality completely changed. You cannot use, unfortunately, a lot of organizations just use some sort of boilerplate of violence erupted again in the Middle East. Violence did not erupt. <laughs> we cannot use passive voice. We cannot say um, escalation between Israel and Palestine. It, it, it is not something that... Israelis and Jews will accept. So if you don't want to make a, a statement here, just refrain from it and say something that is around really the human being and say, we're sorry, can we help? Don't say anything. Too many organizations stupidly used boilerplates from the past, including our school system, which we called out all the parents, all the Jewish and Israeli communities around us, and most of them retracted, not un- because they didn't understand that it is not the same situation and they cannot use this boilerplate. We told them, it's like saying uh, violence erupted in Russia and Ukraine 
instead of saying Russia invaded Ukraine, invaded Ukraine, there is a, a war. You know, if you don't want to make a political statement, just don't. You don't have to. Just exactly. say, our hearts go to those impacted, period. That's it. So this is where I need to educate our Israeli friends a little bit about how people, especially, especially people that are not entrenched in some of these cases. Which it, is most people, which is people are not entrenched with, with deep this history. Is, this, is, this is a very complicated, exactly. This is a very complicated situation. So you need to understand that very few people can actually know the difference between Jewish and Americans. And some people are even in a worse condition that they don't understand if you're Israeli and you're Ashkenazi, more likely than not, you're a Jew. There's a lot of these things that most people don't know. And if you think about it, as an, an Israeli, what is the religion in Mauritania? Do you know that? And when you think about that, you need to understand that is the context so that most people understand. And also most people, if you look at how I express myself in 95% of the podcast, I talk about Patriots and I talk about Bruins and I talk about Red Sox because this is what most people want to know. They, they care about fun things in their daily lives and the Middle East has not been fun. And everything you touch there is a conflict for the last 30 years. Because as I said, the Israeli and the Jewish community have not been on the same page and have, and so most people that don't want to deal with this, and that's most people, they took a step back and they created boilerplate statements and they're not educated in this space. So you need to forgive them because at least when I woke up Saturday, when you told me about the situation, my gut reaction was, Whatever. Whatever. Again. Again. I walk you up and said there is a real war. And, and, I, and I said, yeah, whatever. Uh, because, because you were supposed to fly to Tel to, Aviv. To Tel Aviv to celebrate and my, like, my, my... Okay, a few rockets flying, which is the typical... It, which is the typical reaction. And it what's took, new? And what's new? And even when I called my friends like right away in Israel, most of the gut reaction, at least Saturday morning, was, yeah, yeah, there, there's a conflict, but nobody understood the magnitude of this. So we need to understand that when we talk to other people, they not necessarily understand the magnitude. I met with VCs and friends Monday, and by that time it was clear, but it was still not clear how bad this is. Yeah, it took a while to, for people to understand. For the, the media to also start bringing the horror stories, the pictures. The it, was, it was already clear that this was wrong, but it took a while to, for people to understand this, and I had to kind of bring people to understand how big of a problem this is. But most people said, yeah, yeah we kind of live under a rock. We, 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 we try to focus on our day-to-day, -day, not so much the news. And also, this is another thing. Uh, when you move from Israel to the United States, the first thing you notice is nobody listens to the news. Because uh, Channel 25 News, who I really love usually on a day-to-day -day basis, uh, about a cat stuck up a tree and the weather lady and... Uh, Maybe and, and, a, and a local Exactly. And Shiri accident. Spear and, and Lily Hopkins. I love them a lot. But and the weather. And the weather. The weather. The weather. The weather. Well, 
weather is very important here in New England. It's like there's storms, there's foliage. There... If you're in the south, you have hurricanes. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. So people don't listen to the news. In Israel, you listen to the news every hour, whether you want it or not. Yeah. When it, my it parents visit here, they, they start listening. They, they start playing radio from Israel and every hour they need to listen to the news and it's and, like, and it breaks in you... and it breaks in like even on peaceful times it breaks in like a missile attacks coming yeah it's that beep 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 thing beep, so beep, beep. so the whole thing for me the the coming to here and not listening to the news and not was a very fun experience and I can't blame it's the most peaceful nice thing to have it's the exactly. biggest change from being always on exactly in Israel exactly and and so when you're an Israeli and you, you communicate to an American, understand they don't listen to the news as much as you think they do. Most people, so I was telling people today about the whole Jihad Day that was announced. Today. Exactly. And because unless you live in Newton or you live in Brookline, you wouldn't know about this. Well, they wouldn't know about it if we wouldn't. Tell the police exactly, to exactly. be aware of it. No, now CNN is broadcasting this, and CNN News is broadcasting this. But but, this is this is a, a shift, a paradigm shift, and people need to understand that, that most of the people that they're going to talk to will not know about this. Mm-hmm. So this is our this is the important thing for us as Israelis. Before you kick, take a step back. Yes. Say. When you said this, did this is what you did you mean to say? And let it linger. And that will help you deescalate and make people want to listen to your ability to educate at that point in time. So what do you say to somebody telling you, we hope for peace for everyone soon? Uh, that depends on my relationship with them. And my immediate reaction is, Have you looked at the state in the news right now? Please be aware that what you said what you said sounds very offensive to me. If you need, I can explain why. I'm sure the other side is very shocked because they think it's like saying thoughts and prayers exactly it's, it's a exactly so I, I said I said I'm, I'm sure I'm sure you did not mean to offend, but be aware that what you said, sounded very offensive to me and sometimes the closer I am and the more likely that they'll react well to the Trump and Charlottesville example I tell them that this is how it sounded like to me and was that what they meant to say and a lot of people said no 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 we not at all and I said listen avoid Israeli politics and I I, I gave guidance to my immediate uh, leadership team in the Uh, in Cisco and I said people if you're gonna reach out to anybody from Israel don't touch the politics touch talk to about the individual don't ask don't about the kids the ask family, about the kids talk about the individual talk siblings, to, because parents. there's enough if you want to show empathy talk to the individual but I want to say something that's if you do have the guts and and it takes a little bit you can be quiet and And listen Israelis love talking politics so th- it's the exact opposite of Americans <laughs> they love a- and they they feel it's legitimate um, there is nothing more 
relieving. Uh, it's almost a therapeutical thing, uh, seriously, and many Israelis need it now, uh, to have somebody just listen to a good political rant from the Israeli side. So it's an opportunity, and I would encourage the Americans to just listen, like Didi said, say, I don't know enough, and I would like to know more. Tell me what is the situation and how you feel about it. And you don't need to express anything. Israelis are not afraid to talk politics. They actually feel it relieving. Uh, it's the, the more we, it, it's a therapeutical thing. We're angry. We want to yell and shout and kind of like be in a forum like a crazy, I don't know, Fox News kind of uh, way of doing things. Uh, Israelis like it and, and they need it and they need to know that outside of Israel, people listen to that. Um, they, I can tell you, Israelis right now feel that the only adult that actually expresses what they feel and hope for is President Biden. Um, Who said silence, to be silent is being complicit. And I, I, I loved what he said about this. And when he says that, he doesn't mean that you need to... To take a side on the political arc he says that you need if you're not horrified by what you saw there just be if you're a human being what you saw made you feel should make you feel sick to your to your core yeah and if you see that and you can't react and say hey I, i'm so sorry to see this and that doesn't make you sad and make your day a little bit worse then it's a problem. And by the way, I will give an example now about how Israelis love to rant about politics. And I'll start by saying that when I saw the news, I felt a little bit like Peter Parker. And by the way, Lital didn't know who Peter Parker is. And uh, that is shameful, considering Ron will be very angry at her. Uh, so um, Peter Parker, that by the way, for, if you don't know who Peter Parker is, that's Spider-Man. He walks in Spider-Man 1 next to a robber. The security guard chases him and yells at him, hey, can you stop him? He says, no, that's your problem. Um, I'm, I'm an actor. I, I don't need to do anything about it. And then that robber kills his Uncle Ben, who told him that with great power comes great responsibility. I felt uh, Friday morning, producer Dave heard me and Lital talk about this. Uh, the Friday of Rosh Hashanah, there was a big campaign for anti-Semitism, against anti-Semitism, because anti-Semitism was on the rise, and Lital and I were debating if we should talk about this on the podcast, if we should take a side on this, and we chose not to, and I feel bad about not taking a side about this, because now that I see swastikas in Cambridge, and I see swastikas in Boston, right in front of the Israeli consulate, it makes me sick to my stomach that I didn't say anything, because I should have said something. I should have said something that this is everybody needs to aware, be aware that left-wing anti-semitism is on a rampant rise everybody wants to think that anti-semitism is done by a couple of guys in white sheets but no it's not it's not uh the blm in chicago posted a sign of that paratrooper that that, that dove and killed the people in the party and they thought it was okay that that's and, and, and people and, and, and 
the, and the, si the, the those signs of being woke and being anti-Semite is like being a vegan and eating veal now resonates a lot stronger with me. People need to uh, educate themselves about the state of anti-Semitism in the U.S. and what are the facets of it. And this is a good opportunity to take a stand against it because right now the fact that there are even France and, G and Germany and Australia outlawed those pro-Palestinian rallies that, that show swastikas because there is a law even in the U.S. that with I'm all for the First Amendment, but right now it's called incitement of committing murder because those, are, those signs basically say it's okay to kill Jews. It's not, it's, they're not talking about Israelis. They mean to call, kill every Jew. And this is where we need to basically make a stand and stop this. This is not okay in any form and any way of communication. So that's me kind of expressing my Israeli position and my basically mea culpa of not taking a stronger position and using this platform as a voice to let people understand that. And it breaks my heart that now in some areas, and I'm not saying yeah, everyone, but having BLM related to pro-Palestinian, those things have nothing to do with each other. Yes. And just people choosing to mix together completely different. I, I, I understand people that feel that, that there's the union of the oppressed. I can understand this. But flying a swastika, that is not ever, that has never been the side of the oppressed. That is, this, being anti-Jewish is... Let's, it, it, let's remind you who was also murdered in the Holocaust. Exactly. Not just Jews. And exactly. I, I will just say that. I, I want to say black and Jews are on the same side, yes. not the opposite side. And gay. And gay. And, and oppressed. Exactly. So. And disabled. Um, okay. Um, how, do we wrap, how do we wrap this up? This is not going to go away. Um, so Not anytime uh, soon. Uh, it's not going to go and Israelis will need your support in probably the next weeks and probably months. So no, there's not going to be peace in the Middle East. There might be escalation in the Middle East. Videos coming from the media will be tough because if we've, we would have seen things that, you know, military in uh, uh, Afghanistan after 9-11 or in... Baghdad after, um, you know, uh, the, the, the first or the second uh, uh, Gulf Wars. Those are, wars are not nice to see on TV. Civilians are hurt from both sides. News are going to be tough. Realize that um, there is no nice thing about war. Civilians, unfortunately, are going to be hurt. And that's the reality. I think we need to breathe. I need, we need to understand that this is what military is for, to fight for sovereignty of nations that cannot let terror dictate the day-to-day -day lives and kill innocent people. And I just want to say my heart goes to the families of the hostages and everybody impacted 
I hope there's going to be a fast resolution for hostages. This is breaking our hearts, and this is the most crushing thing of all things. That's what I have to say. Didi, anything you want to say to wrap it up? Yeah, I want to say the optimistic part. We stand with Israel, and hopefully... <sighs> Hopefully there's a light. Hopefully that out of all this disaster, we can get to some monicum of sanity at the end. That the world will realize that uh, Hamas and Hezbollah are in the way because this broke a chance for a historic peace between Israel and Saudi Arabia. I think maybe splendid. Maybe after the dust of war settles. And Hamas and preferably Hezbollah are out of our line of sight. There will be a chance that there will be peaceful coexistence between Israel and Palestine. And that's the real hope for peace. Exactly. Artificial one. Exactly. Yes, um, definitely. I think what has been um, in the Middle East is going to be different. It will take a very bloody war, unfortunately, with a lot of casualty, unfortunately. But uh, yes, it might be that in the longer term, this, actually, this was the first change. step. I'm, I'm, I, I cannot, I cannot change. live if I don't see this was the first step in the right uh, that will eventually started the boulder rolling that will eventually make the world realize that this needs to end and. There really needs to be peace in the Middle East if we don't want to see horrors like this. And for our friends in Israel. Our hearts and minds are with you. Totally. And, and I think with that, we wrap up. We wrap up. Thank you. Uh, thanks for everyone's support. We stand with Israel. Goodbye. Bye.